Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, my name is Alec Feldman. I do a radio show on Wizard Radio Station every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. UK time. And this is the podcast of that radio show. It's all the best bits without the music, maybe some of the rubbish bits as well, mainly just the whole show minus the songs every week we're going to release it so you can catch up on what's happened on the show this week just one thing to mention i give out our contact details quite a lot throughout the course of the show so you'll hear that on this podcast but obviously it's a podcast it's pre-recorded so if you do send in a message about something i'm talking about to the numbers i say i mean i'm not going to read it because it's already happened it's in the past it's pre-recorded and no one's going to see it anyway but here's the worst bit you might still get charged for it, depending on how you send it. And even if you don't get charged for it, it's still a waste of your time, it's a waste of my time, it's a waste of everybody's time, and so I just wouldn't bother. If you would like to join in with the show and send me your stories or play our games, then you can do that just by listening live every Saturday afternoon, 3 to 5 p.m. UK time on Wizard Radio Station. So that's that out of the way. All there is left to say now is enjoy the podcast, subscribe to it, and maybe leave a little review as well saying how great it is. Not if you don't like it, though. If you hate it, don't bother. Thank you very much. Here's the podcast. This is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alex Feldman. What? What do you mean it's Alex Feldman with a C? Oh, this is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alec with a C, Feldman. Now, that's what I call vegans. Celebrate Veganuary with two CDs full of your favourite vegan artists. Featuring Moby. See ya. Miley Cyrus. Ariana Grande. And Coldplay's Chris Martin. Sorry, what was that? He's not been a vegan since his conscious uncoupling. Oh. Now, that's what I call vegans. Download now. It's Saturday. It's three o'clock. Now, live from Leeds, Alec Feldman. Hi, afternoon. I'm Alec Feldman. Nice to meet you. Hello, hello, hello. I'm on. Are we good? Have we had a nice week? Are we happy? Are we content? Are we ready for two hours of slightly above average broadcasting? Good, good, good. Happy to know. Guess what? Guess what, everyone? I'm free. I'm free from work, 
and exams at last. I, I feel like all I've been doing on the radio for the last like two, three weeks has been whinging about the fact that I've got lots of work to do, which is funny because it's not actually that much work in the general scheme of things. Had one exam, had two quite long essays. I'm free of them all. We're done. We're good. I can actually enjoy my life. I've had a day and a half of freedom. And how have I spent that day and a half of freedom? Eh, I haven't really spent it well. Just been messing about on a computer, trying to fix it. So, happy days. I'm using my freedom really well, as you can tell. I've got a fun one for you today. Coming up, we're going to talk cutting things fine. I wonder what that might relate to. Hmm. Also, would you like to go to a commemorative steak night? Because I think we should do a show trip. Also, some alternatives to bonging, aka Big Ben's bong. Divorce by sword fight uh, is coming up. There's also a new game this hour called Guess the Obstruction on the Tracks, which is nothing to do with the fact that I was on a train this week. So Guess the Obstruction on the Tracks, the fun new radio game, is coming up before four o'clock. I'm also going to read you a little story. A story that I wrote when I was five years old. That's coming up. Should, oh, should I tell you the name? I feel like the name is the name is good, but I'm going to make you wait to find out what the name is because it's just it's such a stupid name. So if you want to find out what the name of this story I wrote when I was five is, and actually, hang on. Oh, no, I think I might have been six. If you want to find out the name of the story I wrote when I was six, 3.45, I will read it to you. It is a literary gem, if I say so myself. Plus, six-second guide is on the way after four o'clock. We'll do someone's knocking at your door as well. And I'm going to play you some tunes, such as Megan the Stallion and Khalid and Selena Gomez, which plays in a second. After we've done This Week I Learned. This Week I Learned. Would you like some life wisdom and expertise from someone who's really been through it all and seen it all? So would I, but I can't provide that. So I'll give you mine instead. Three lessons that I've picked up in the last seven days of my life. Lesson number one. You can have exams on a Saturday. Pretty much all of these, by the way, are are related to the way I've spent the last kind of week of my life. Just as a as a heads up. You can have exams on a Saturday. This is not something I knew. This is also not something I've been a victim of, thankfully. But my poor housemate, the Boltonian girl. Remember her, the girl? She's from Bolton. That's why she's a Boltonian girl. She had an exam this morning. It's a Saturday. She had an exam at 9am. I think that it's a breach of human rights. It's illegal. It's exploitative. It's a disgrace. And we shouldn't stand for it. But yeah, that's the thing, which kind of sucks. But but not for me so far, which is good. Let's hope it continues that way. Lesson number one. Lesson number two. This week, I've learned you really can eat 450 grams of hummus in, in just three days. I'm not going to tell you how I know that, but but just be rest assured that this is something I've learnt now. Should you wish to try it, you can do it and it'll be fine. And finally, lesson number three. This week I learned Microsoft Edge is the absolute worst. This relates to something I'm going to tell you about after four o'clock. But just bear that in mind for the time being. The internet browser, Microsoft Edge, it was like Microsoft Edge, right? It was like Internet Explorer, but nobody used Internet Explorer, so Microsoft were like, oh no, what can we do? I know, let's change the name. And then people start using it again. And most people didn't start using it again. I did, because I'm an idiot. And, well, I've learnt my lesson. I won't be using it anymore. 
because it has royally screwed me over this week. And I'll tell you why after four o'clock. Right now, though, let's get some Selena Gomez on. This is rare. I like that. It's fun and upbeat. Selena Gomez and rare on Wizard Radio with Alec. Hi. Happy Saturday afternoon to you. You know when you want to get divorced? Okay, no, you probably don't. Neither do I. But people, right? Married people. They get married, they're like, oh no, this was a this was a terrible idea. How do I escape? And if you do that, you might want to file for a divorce. And doing that, it's it's a complicated process, I'm told. You need lawyers and agreements and there's lots of arguing and maybe being in court if there are kids involved that's even messier but I've never quite heard of a divorce case like this one it happened in America because of course it did like where else would something like this happen so there's this there's this couple they want to get divorced um I wonder why say why they want to get divorced no there's no there's no information on the reasons for the divorce but um, it's it's a 40-year-old man and his wife. They've split up, which is which is very sad. And obviously the lawyers are involved. They're in court, so it must be quite a bitter one. If they can't like mediate, they've got to go to court and fight it out. And proper like butt heads. What's the word? Lock heads? I don't know. You know what I mean? They're angry, apparently. And to resolve this anger, instead of the judge going. You two are idiots. I rule that you get this and you get this. Boom, and he bangs his hammer and that's that. The man, a man called David from Kansas, has asked the judge if he can settle their disputes, quote, on the field of battle. In other words, he wants a trial by combat. He wants a sword fight. Him and his ex-wife, he wants to go head to head with with a samurai sword, which are enormous. And they want to thrash out their differences like that. And I suppose winner takes all. Whoever wins the sword fight, they get to keep everything. They get the house, they get the car, they get the dog. I don't know what it's about, but the winner of the sword fight, that's what they get. The loser, on the other hand, I mean, I don't know what they get. They probably get hospitalized, possibly even death in a worst case scenario. Now, this does sound like a fairly ridiculous request, because it is, although, like I said, it's America, these things happen. Just be grateful that it's just a sword he wants to fight with. But, um, <laughs> I just, I like the, the level of detail he's gone into here, because he said, well, actually, I think you'll find, trial by combat, it's never been explicitly banned or restricted as a right in the United States. So basically, he's doing that classic American thing of going, ah, the Constitution says I can do it, or the Constitution doesn't say I can't do it, therefore, I must have it. It is my right. And so he's claiming it's his right to do this, but he does obviously want 12 weeks like to prepare, I suppose, train a bit, get fit, make sure that he can win the fight, but also <laughs> to get hold of Japanese samurai swords, which he doesn't, doesn't own already. So he does have to get those in, which I would imagine could take time. Um, has the judge allowed it? No, I, I don't think so. And the judge has said, yeah, pretty much, this isn't happening. You're both being ridiculous. You're not following procedure. Therefore, this is not happening, which I think is fair enough. But I suppose it is one to suggest, possibly, if you're in, involved in the legal dispute in future. You know, 
I'm not saying it'll work. I'm just saying it's worth a try. If you do want to fight your ex-wife with a samurai sword, then at least ask because you don't ask, you don't get. And I, you know what? I respect David Ostrom 40 of Canvas, Canvas, Kansas for at least giving it a go because you know that shows that shows bravery and immense stupidity. This is Megan the Stallion with Namani. It's called Diamonds. It's Wizard Radio. I was on a train this week, as I am for most of my life, it feels like. I, I really, I love trains. Don't you just love them? The more time you spend them, the more you love them, I think. Anyway, normally it kind of goes quite smoothly. On Monday, when I was on this train journey, we were kind of really close to Leeds, going from London to Leeds. We were like three quarters of the way there. Geography plans, we were just outside Wakefield. When suddenly, the, like, the brakes slam on. It's not like, you know, just gradually slowing down. This is proper, like, you could feel the train suddenly jolting as we were slowing down. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. What's happened? Has something terrible happened? Has something really tragic happened? And we were just, we stopped. And we were sat there for quite a while. Like, a good maybe five, ten minutes before any announcement was made. And then the train driver comes on and he says... Well, sorry everyone for the delay. We're being uh, held up by something on the tracks in front of the train. We will be departing uh, as soon as possible, as soon as the obstruction is cleared. Thank you. You know, as they do. And we were, you know, sat there for a few more minutes. And then I think he's like the, the train manager comes in or something. You know, the guy that's like not the driver, but is in charge of looking after the customers, passengers on the train. And there was this group of blokes i think kind of you know working professionals coming back from a long busy day in london and they were kind of asking the train manager you know what's going on what's the delay and the train manager was being really oddly cryptic about it they were like oh so what's going on the train was like oh well there's uh, something directly in front of the train and we can't move until that's been moved out of the way and they're like oh what is it and he's like it's just um, something I can't say, and they're like, "Oh no, is it? Is it a person?" And he's like, "No, it's it's not a person." And they're like, "Is it a tree?" And he's like, "Not a tree either." And they're like, uh, "An animal?" And he's like, "Nope, it's not an animal." And they're like, "Why can't you just tell us?" And he's like, "I'll tell you later when it's out of the way." And he's being really cryptic and weird. And he won't say what this obstruction is. And then, you know, off he goes to the front of the train. And they're all kind of sat there, scratching their heads as if to say, why is it such a secret? What could it possibly be that we're not allowed to know about, that it's such a big secret? And obviously then they were, they were guessing. And I was sat there behind them thinking, you know what? You know what this has the makings of? A really fun radio game. That's right. Welcome to Guess the Obstruction on the Tracks. Um, this is probably the only time this game will ever be played, but it's still, you know, a fun little guessing game for a Saturday afternoon. Of which we have two today. We've got Guess the Obstruction on the Tracks, and we've got someone's knocking at your door a bit later. I'm really spoiling you. Truly, I am. So, Guess the Obstruction on the Tracks then. How does it work? It's very simple. You just have to guess what the obstruction was on the tracks that was stopping my train from moving. We have clues. The only clues you can have are the ones that the guy, the train manager gave, which was that it's directly in front of the train. It's not a person. It's not a tree. And it's not an animal. 
but what was it? This is this is what we need to know. This is what he wouldn't tell us. He did eventually come back afterwards, once we'd started moving again. And they were like, oh, can you tell us what it is now? And he's like, yeah, I can. And he told us. So I do know the correct answer, but I want to hear your, your guesses first. What do you think it could be? I don't think anyone will get this in a million years, but have some fun with it, you know. What would you like it to be? What was the object that held up a train for a good 20 minutes on Monday afternoon that wasn't a person, wasn't an animal, and wasn't a tree? Get your guesses in. 07807 183 538. That's my text number if you fancy a go. Uh, at Wiz Radio on Twitter, facebook.com slash wizardradio. You can send us a Facebook message, Instagram DMs if you fancy. I mean, all the lines of communication are open. So have a think. What fits all those criteria and could plausibly be holding up a train? Or more to the point, what would you like to be holding up this train? If you haven't got a serious guess, just throw anything at me. I'll go with it. 07807 183 538. Not a person, not an animal, not a tree. What was the obstruction on the track? You'll find out in about 15 minutes' time. Going to play you some Conan Gray in a second, which is great, by the way. First, though, it's Khalid and Eleven on Wizard Radio. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Please consume responsibly. I think that's great. A beautifully crafted pop song. It's Conan Gray and Maniac on Wizard Radio. Possibly more than a passing resemblance to the style by Taylor Swift, but that's fine. Before that, Khalid and Eleven. I'm Alec Feldman. Hi. Um, we're talking about... Well, we're playing a game, actually. The game is called Guess the Obstruction on the Track because I was on the train this week and there was an obstruction on the track. The train manager didn't want to say what it was. He just gave us um, four clues. Well, kind of basically three clues. This sounds like I'm making this up for the radio. I'm genuinely not. It was just a really cryptic instru- uh, you know, train manager dude that just wouldn't say. He was loving the power. He was on such a power trip. He was like... Mm. I know the information that you don't, and you can't have it until I decide you can have it. And so he told us that it was directly in front of the train. He told us it was not a person, thankfully. It was not an animal either, so no cows wandering on, or horses, or, I don't know, seals that you often get near train lines. And it also wasn't a tree. So let's see what you've come up with. Benny has been on up first. This might sound mad. I do have a reason for thinking this. Was the obstruction on the track the half-man, half-horse from Narnia? I don't know what the character's name is, but it makes a lot of sense. Is he an animal? Is he a person? Who knows? Maybe they said it's not a person or animal, because technically, it's both. Also, they wouldn't have wanted to tell you, because then it would have created hysteria with people wanting to take photos with it. It's honestly the only viable option in my mind. You know what, Benny? That is a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Maybe it was a cover-up, and they didn't want to tell us the real things, so they were all colluding. When the train manager went off to discuss it with his like colleagues, maybe they were having a conversation like, what should we tell the people? They can't know. They can't find out what the real reason was, because if they do, they'll revolt. That's, that is an interesting question. Um, well, I know the answer. It wasn't, to my knowledge, a half-man, half-horse, but you have now planted a seed of doubt in my mind about whether what they told us was the real cause. So we'll have to we'll have to look into that one a bit more. Also, can I can I just have a quick chat with just Benny for a second? I, I was thinking about you this week, Benny, which sounds really weird, but I was, because in Doctor Who last Sunday, there was this character and she had a husband called Benny. You might have seen this, you might have been like getting 
annoyed by this all week. All this character said for like, the whole episode was, Benny! Benny! Where's my Benny? And I, all I could think about was, oh, there's a listener that always takes a show called Benny. Anyway, um, there you go. I don't know really what you want to do with that information, but <laughs> I was reminded of that this week. Anyway, okay, I'm talking to everyone now. Lauren's been on as well with her guest. Was it a space rock? I imagine it took so long to get it cleared because you need a special team to get rid of the space rock off the tracks to uh, preserve it and... I've lost my place. To preserve it for inspection and all that. Also, you can understand why they wouldn't have told you whilst they were sorting out the situation because then loads of people would have asked to get off the train to see the space rock and get a selfie with it which would delay the service even more. A possibility, of course. Um, I feel like we only stopped for like 20, 25 minutes in the end. I don't think that's long enough to summon a special space rock team to just outside Wakefield to preserve a space rock for inspection and get it off the train tracks. I feel like you would need half a day at least for that, possibly more. So I don't, yeah, I don't think that's necessarily what it was, but it does fit the criteria. I mean, I can't fault that, but it wasn't a space rock as much as I like that. And also as much as I like the idea of demanding to get off a train to get a selfie with a space rock. You could, you know, be grinning, there's a rock in the background, you're like, look at me, with the space rock next to you. But maybe it'd be glowing, you know, great picture, that'd be one for the Instagram for sure. But it wasn't a space rock. Ashley, at first I thought that maybe it was an unexploded war bomb or something like that. But then they probably would have got you to leave the train, so that doesn't make sense. A very good point. I would... Yeah, I'd be slightly concerned if they found an unexploded war bomb on the train and just didn't tell anyone and didn't let anyone get off. I'm just like, yeah, just, just stay there. It'll probably be fine. It's been fine for the last 80 years. So, you know, what's a few more minutes going to do? No, it was not an unexploded war bomb. But then, Ashley comes straight back with another guess. Was it a large diamond or something really valuable? Or maybe the train driver had a birthday present in the cabin where he sits had the window open and it flew out of the window so they had to go and collect it so the driver could give it to his wife, husband or partner. That's a highly elaborate set of circumstances there. So you've got you've got his, his birthday present in, in his little cabin bit. The window is open. Can you even open the window on trains? I feel like that would be quite dangerous. But let's say you can. And oh, there you go. The train's gone too fast. His presence flown out the window. He's like, oh, not again. So slams the brakes on. He's like, right, we've got to walk back and get it. Sorry, everyone. Don't mind me. I mean, yeah, it could it could be the case. But also, I mean, I suppose I was going to say it's not an obstruction because it's probably quite small if it's small enough to fall out the window. But I guess maybe they were lying about it being an obstruction just to cover the driver's back when he goes back, walks back the half mile to go and get his present. So it was not an unexploded bomb or a birthday present that fell out the window, to my knowledge. And the last guess here comes from Freddy. Last guess we've got time for. If it was a train on the way to London, it was probably passing loads of houses. Maybe someone's clothes that are being hanging up drying in their garden blew onto the train tracks. That isn't a person or a tree or an animal, but it is something that people, trees and animals wear. Yes, trees can wear clothes too. Anyway, something like that, or a random shoe. I feel like shoes end up on train tracks quite a lot for some reason. Oh yeah, that's quite sinister, isn't it? <laughs> Just an unattended pair of shoes on a train track. It's interesting you say that, 
Freddy. It wasn't any clothes, but you're dead right about the idea that it was something that had blown from gardens onto train tracks. You, you won't believe this. This, this is quite ridiculous. The thing that they found on the train tracks and had to move was a trampoline, like a garden-sized trampoline. I didn't see it, but in my head, I was imagining, you know, one of the big ones that have the tall surrounds going around the edge so you don't kind of fall out. Yeah, and that was just on the train tracks. It had been quite windy. It was quite stormy that day. It had blown from someone's back garden onto the train track. And this train manager, when he told us, he said that him and the driver had had to go onto the tracks. And it had taken two of them to just move this trampoline out the way. So, yeah, it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. The thing that held up my train this week was a trampoline that had been blown onto the tracks by the wind. Thanks for playing along. None of you got it, but I found your guess is much more entertaining anyway. Coming up, it's going to be story time. I'm going to read you a story next that I wrote when I was six years old. I rediscovered it this week. It's truly terrible, and you'll hear it next on Wizard Radio after 1975. The music is so good today. I really like this as well. The 1975 Me and You Together song, which is quite radically different from the Wanna Die song. But equally good, I'd say, if not better. It's Wizard Radio. I'm Alec. Hello. Thanks for having us on. Are you ready for story time? I was looking through loads of old files and stuff this week on the computer. What I do, right, when I, when I don't need stuff anymore, I make a folder called old and I just shove everything in there. It's like, it's irrelevant. You don't matter anymore. I opened that up this week because, like I said, I had a day and a half of freedom after I'd handed in my essay and didn't use it very productively. But I did do that. And I was looking at all these old things, you know, old bits of homework that I'd made in year seven, um, you know, random bits of crappy art. And I came across a story that I'd written because I was a very creative child, as you'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. And I sat down on the computer one day and be like, I'm going to write a story. And I wrote what can only be described as a literary masterpiece, really. And... I hadn't really thought about this, remembered it existed, read it for years and years and years. And I came across it and I just, I, I genuinely laughed. You know, I'm not saying it's funny, but I laughed at this thing that I'd written. The date the document was created, according to Microsoft Word, was the 24th of July, 2005 at 11.48 a.m. So I was six years old when I wrote this. Just bear that in mind when you hear it. Do you want to hear what the story is called? <laughs> because I feel like that... <laughs> I feel like that sums up the whole thing, really. The story is called Baby John's Balloon. <laughs> Baby John! Oh, who's calling their kid Baby John? Even in 2005, no one was naming their kid Baby John. Anyway, right, shout out to you if you called John and you were once a baby. Sorry, no offence. Sorry for laughing at your name. Um, it's a very nice name. I'm just not quite sure why I chose that name to be the name of the protagonist of this, this story, this creative masterpiece that I wrote when I was six. And um, I just wanted, before I read it to you, I want to describe what the document looks like. Um, if you know much about fonts... You'll know what I mean when I say I've written it in Lucin Lucida handwriting, which is like the go-to font you'd use if you're like, oh, I want to make it look handwritten. And it's all joined up and nice. 
And it, I mean, it looks very of its time. I don't think the font's been used since about 2005, but I used it. Uh, it's in size 28 letters. It's enormous. Good for the short-sighted or long-sighted, one of the two. And it's in lilac. That's the colour I've written it in. And um, it is one page long. Just 97 words. Sometimes the most impactful stories are told in the fewest words. And I think the only thing left to do now is for you to hear this story called Baby John's Balloon. Baby John's Balloon by Alec Feldman. Copyright 2005. One day... Baby John had a balloon. Now you know babies, don't you? He let go of his balloon and... Cried John. I will get you a new one tomorrow. Baby John smiled. (laughs) He got a new balloon, but it wasn't like his old one. It was yucky pink. He sat sulking in his room, thinking about his old balloon. What can we do? said his mum and dad. So they threw the pink balloon away. And that very same day, they got a new one. And the balloon was purple, his favourite colour. The end. I mean, what a a masterpiece. I'm sure you're all on the edge of your seats there. Intention. What would happen to his balloon? My favourite line, I think, is either Baby John smiled. Because I'm imagining a child with like the face of a grown man called John smiling or the line he sat sulking in his room thinking about his old balloon like babies famously do um, they always sit and think about things such as balloons so there you go I wrote that when I was six it's it's one of the worst things I've ever read and I thought I'd share it with you because I found it this week and it made me laugh this was radio someone's locking doors coming up after what's it after Halsey I like this song you should be sad Halsey, you should be sad on Wizard Radio. That was that. And this is Someone's Knocking at Your Door. Hi, welcome to radio's only door-based game show. I've been thinking about this. I feel like someone's knocking at your need catchphrases. I don't know what they could be yet. We could do like, you know, let the fist see the door. Or, oh, let the fist see the knocker. That could be one. I'll, I'll keep on working on this, but we'll try that one for this week. How this game works, if you are new to someone's knocking at your door, someone is going to knock at the door. I don't know who they are. I'm not expecting them. They're a mystery guest. I won't let them in my house unless somebody, you, you could be the person who works out who they are. Only then can they come in and we'll have a chat with them. And if not, they get sent away. It's cold. It's getting dark early. It's not nice, but that might be what happen if nobody can guess who's knocking at the door. You get five clues to help you out. James asks some yes-no questions. That's how we get a rough idea about who's knocking at the door. And so, uh, are you ready, everyone? Let the fist see the knocker. And there, there's the door. You like that? Hmm, okay, I'm going to have a look through my little peephole. I still haven't got around to getting one of those ring doorbells, but maybe soon. Uh, who are you? Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, I see them. I'm ready now. I know who it is. I'm ready to be questioned. James, take it away. Hello. Um, can I just say, can that not be your theme tune? Because that sounds 
not theme tune, catchphrase, because that sounds unnecessarily dirty. All right, fine. I'll get back to the drawing board on no that one. No more knockers on air, please. Um, all right. My quest. My first question this week is: Is this a man? It is a man. Okay. Is this man in themselves famous? No, they're not famous. All right. Um, is this one particular person or like a character? It's it's a character. But but they are real people. Well, would you like All to right. use another question? Right. Okay. I don't want to use that as my fourth question. So it's a famous male character. Is this? Did you say famous? No, uh, not a famous. Sorry. M- male character is this character portrayed on tv on a tv show yes they are <laughs> is it postman pat no i'm joking okay <laughs> um is it a man? i got one more question right yeah okay it's a man not famous a character is the character wait oh but i don't know if i want to is the character famous? No. Oh, okay. I, I've got no idea. Uh, this I'm one sick. definitely warrants a bonus clue because. Please, yes. It is. Even for my standards, this is stupid. <laughs> These are getting progressively more stupid. Yes. The bonus clue about this man who's not famous, they're a character that is portrayed on TV, but the character also isn't famous. They were in a TV show once and died. Jesus, Alec. (laughs) A character that appeared literally once in a TV show and then passed away is who's knocking at the door this week. If you think you know who that is, I don't think anyone will, except maybe one person listening. Hmm. Possibly. 07807 183 538. That is my text number with your guesses. At Wiz Radio on Twitter station at wizardradio.co.uk on email who is knocking at the door they're a non-famous man who is a character portrayed on a tv show this character isn't famous and the bonus clue they appeared on screen in one episode and then promptly died do you know who that is you probably don't i think we might have to rest this feature because i'm running out of ideas quite clearly if this is who we're doing but if you can guess it then that is even more to your credit. If you actually get this one, I will be very impressed. Get your guesses in now. We will find out at 4.50. And I'll play Bastille and Lewis Capaldi next. After the news, two minutes past four. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Recommended by doctors as part of a healthy diet. Wizard Radio, Bastille, enjoy. Before that, Lewis Capaldi, before you go. It's Alec Feldman here. It's the 18th of January, which means in just under two weeks the uk will be leaving the eu that is a fact of life that can't be changed there was a chance it might have been changed once upon a time but no it's happening it becomes irreversible in under two weeks which is it is what it is um 
I feel like we need to get the Brexvent calendar up and running again. We got up to day 17 last time before it was called off, but there are there's a good, you know, few more days to come. So I think we're going to have to restart that. But in the meantime, there's been a lot of discussion taking place about what happens. How do you mark this event for the UK where we, we take back control and, you know, get our country back and all that, all those hollow slogans. How do you mark that? It's happening at 11 p.m. on the 31st of January. Do you know why it's happening at 11 p.m. and not midnight? Because it's midnight European time. And they're like, we're doing it at our time, not yours. Screw you. And as a final screw you, I quite like that. But that's happening. And there's there's going to be a party, a celebration in Parliament Square. An organisation called Leave Reads Leave. They're doing a big party so everyone can go down to Parliament Square and celebrate our freedom. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Anyway, that's happening. But one big thing that they really want to happen is to get Big Ben to bong at 11pm. Because Big Ben, you know, well, can we just say at the start of this, before we get any further, yes, I know that Big Ben is the name of the bell and the tower is called the Elizabeth Tower. Okay, now we've established that. They want Big Ben to make its noise at 11pm because for the last couple of years, Big Ben has been silent because they're repairing it, they're doing some renovations. If, you, if you've been into London, Westminster, since they've started doing this, you would have seen all the scaffolding that's around the tower. And they want to say, just as a one-off, as a special treat to celebrate leaving the EU, Big Ben should chime once more on the 31st of January. And that that can't happen. The people involved that know stuff about that kind of thing have been saying, no, we can't do that because the floor's missing. We'd need to do all sorts of stuff. We'd need to speed up the, the whole thing just to allow it to be able to bong for that one time. It's impossible. It can't happen. It costs like half a million quid, which is a massive waste of money. Obviously, then they're like, it's OK. We'll raise the half a million quid, um, which they haven't been able to so far. But I mean, they've got they've got further than you'd expect. They have raised a shocking amount of money for something so stupid. I'll tell you that. And so that's not happening. But I think they should they should not have too much reason to feel disappointed because in a second, I would like to propose some alternate bongs instead of the, the classic Big Ben. There are some other sounds, I think, that would be just as good. They would represent Britain and all the things that are great about Britain and all the things that we share as a nation, the moments, the culture, the heritage, the history. Yes, Big Ben represents all of those things. But so too does my alternative list of suggestions. So what I've done I've done a top 10 countdown of the 10 best sounds that could replace Big Beg, what's it called? Big Ben bonging at 11pm on Brexit Day. And so here is the top 10. And starting off at number 10, it's former Prime Minister Theresa May coughing. <coughs> Sounds as if my voice isn't on track. New at number nine, Ainsley Harriet. Why, hello, Jill! A re-entry at number eight, it's Alan Partridge shouting, Dan. Dan! 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 At seven, it's an angry mother of two. Disgusting! Six, we get festive with JB from JLS. 
Merry Christmas. At five, it's Fuse ODG with his legendary cover of Waves by Mr. Probs that seems to have been deleted from most parts of the internet. My face above the water. I can't imagine why. My feet can't touch the ground, touch the ground, and it feels like I can see the signs on your horizon every time you are not around. I'm slowly drifting. At four, it's the worst loser on Come Dine With Me ever. Dear Lord, what a sad little life, Jane. You ruined my night completely so you could have the money, but I hope now you spend it on getting some lessons in grace and decorum, because you have all the grace of a reversing dump truck without any tyres on. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, you wouldn't, let's be honest. There's nobody in there, love. <laughs> so, Jane, take your money and get off my property. Getting into the top three now, and this was a contender for number one. It's the girl who went on this morning to audition to replace Big Ben. Bim bom, 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 bim. Hasn't quite made the top spot. In at number two, it's John Burke. Finally, the top spot, number one on the best things to replace Big Ben's bong with on Brexit night. This man. Brexit! Happy Brexit Day! <laughs> Wizard Radio playing loud. Some changes. It's Alec here. Uh, Tate McRae, Roddy Rich, and Haley Steinfeld all playing in the next 20 minutes. Right now, though, I think we should have a show trip. All of us, we should all go together. You know, have a little get together, go on an outing. We can all hire a minibus or a coach, depending on numbers. We can have, you know, the cool kids sitting at the back. We can blast out some tunes and we can go to something together. This hasn't just come out of the blue. I have a suggestion for somewhere we should go. It's an event I've just seen. And, well, I have a question for you, first of all. How much do you like steak? Because the event in question is a commemorative steak night, which sounds wonderful just based on the name. I I don't really eat steak. I don't eat meat all that often. And so, I mean, this might not be the event for me, but, I, you know, it's about the company. The company is what matters, not necessarily uh, the food. A commemorative steak night is on the 4th of March from 6 till 9. Can we all make that? Is that an okay date for everyone? I hope so. Put that in your calendar. At the Simonston Hall Hotel in... Pause. I I have no idea where that is actually. DL8. What's a DL postcode? I wonder. Um, it's in Yorkshire, apparently. It's in North Yorkshire. Oh, that's perfect. That's so near me. Oh, Darlington. It must be Darlington. Okay. I mean, this is great news because that's quite near where I am. Excellent. We'll save on the minibus fares. A commemorative steak night at the Simonston Hall Hotel in Darlington. The thing it is to commemorate is Jeremy Clarkson's, what's his name? Jeremy Clarkson's fracas. Do you remember this? This is why he got fired from Top Gear on the BBC. Because he punched someone. He got very angry and he punched them. And, you know, the rest was history. The 4th of March 2015. And so on the 4th of March 2020, the 5th anniversary, the hotel where it happened is holding a commemorative steak night 
Um, there'll be steak, obviously, which is quite ironic, all things considered, because there wasn't steak the time Jeremy Clarkson punched someone, and that's why he punched them. He was very angry that there wasn't steak. And they just, they felt it. They felt his wrath. They got a bloody lip. He had to pay them a hundred grand as a way of saying, sorry that I hit you, and also that I called you a racist name. And this hotel there, having an event to commemorate that, five years on, I think we should all go, all of us, we should get on the minibus, go down to Darlington, eat some steak, punch each other, racially abuse each other. Wouldn't that be fun? A nice show bonding experience for everyone. I think that'd be good. I think we should go just to see what happens. I feel like the best thing that would happen, I mean, it'd be terrible, but the thing that needs to happen in this situation is that all of the guests just need to get angry at each other and it ends in a very bloody punch up. Like, that is the inevitable. That's the kind of thing you'd read about in the local paper the next day in the Darlington Times. Commemorative steak night ends in mass brawl, three hospitalised with minor injuries. That's what you want. That's what I'm hoping for. And so we should all go and join in with the, the fracar, fracas, however you say it. Can all have a massive fracas together. I think that'd be great fun. Uh, coming up next, we're talking about cutting things fine. I'll explain to you why I hate Microsoft Edge. That's after Tate McRae, stupid wizard radio. It's Tate McRae, of all my friends of fake fame, with a new song called Stupid, playing on Wizard Radio. And I'm Alec. Hi, thanks for having us on. Roddy Rich plays soon. And now, a story. I'll explain to you why, at the beginning of the show, I said, I hate Microsoft Edge. Microsoft Edge is the, the work of the devil. Um, and I will now tell you why. I mentioned that it was it was an assignment week, essays were on, writing was taking place, and I had quite a lot to do. And I'm not going to say I left it all for the last minute, because I don't think I did. I think I did a lot of groundwork, a lot of reading, a lot of preparation, but then that only left me a few days to actually write 3,500 words, which is not, you know, a lot of words, but it's still a fair number. And so the deadline was 12 o'clock midday on Thursday. And so we're going to we're going to work backwards from there. All of Wednesday, I was working on it Wednesday night, went to bed at like 3 a.m. when I was on 3000 words. I was like, brilliant. I can tidy it up and polish off the last 500 words tomorrow. I got up quite early in the morning I was up at 8 just to you know tidy this whole thing up and I was working on it all morning didn't even get dressed didn't eat didn't do anything just sat there in my pajamas finishing off this essay and uh, time was getting on a bit I was making sure it was really good I wanted to I wanted to add just, just a little bit more you know how it is you're like oh is this good could it be better I was just trying to add a little bit more that would fill it out a bit and make it slightly more you know academically rigorous and we get to we get to 11 o'clock and I'm like, mm, okay, we better get this done now because I should really be submitting it soon because the deadline's in an hour. And we get to 11.30 and I'm, I'm still kind of trying to find little extra bits to add. And we get to 11.50 and I'm like, okay, right, it's time to stop now. Let's stop adding new stuff and sort it all out, tidy it up, check the word count, make sure the font is right and all the spacing and it you know, looks the way they want it to look when you submit it online. And it got to 12. 50, no, it was 11.57, and I was like, okay, let's go. Let's go onto the website, turn it in, which is the website you submit it on. Let's upload the file. And I did. I uploaded the file, and then I got an error message. 
and I was just thinking, no, this is not what I need right now. This is so not what I need. I have three minutes, less than three minutes to get this uploaded and you're giving me an error message. So I was like, ah, panicking, hit refresh, hit refresh again, kept hitting refresh, still gave me an error message. Then I was like, oh my God, I know why. It's because you're not supposed to use any other browser that isn't Chrome to upload it. How could I forget? And I was like, oh my God, by this point it was 12.58 and I was like, really panicking i had to go and all like log in again and get to the right place on the website again to submit it again 1258 i'm like okay where's the document where's the document I had to find the document again in my documents folder upload it again wait for it to upload again it's 1259 and i'm just sat there like come on come on come on come on it's still 1259 but it's it's like hanging it's uploading it but you need to wait for it to give you a preview so you can check it's the right thing it's still 1259 i'm waiting for this preview to appear it feels like it's taking a million years still waiting for this preview 1259 still waiting suddenly finally the preview's ready the button to confirm the upload appears i click the button there's another slight delay and then i get a little congratulations you've submitted your assessment and it tells you the time you submitted it at do you know what the time was 12 o'clock it can only have been about five seconds late five seconds and yet it was still late and i was gutted distraught so annoyed basically myself for being so stupid that i'd used the wrong browser because i forgot and then just i was looking back over like the last two weeks and i was like five seconds think about all the five seconds i've had in the last two weeks that i could have used to submit that five seconds earlier you know really beating myself up i decided i'd email my lecturer and like properly ham it up be like oh i got a problem an error message um i'm really sad i worked so hard on this he seemed to take pity on me he forwarded it on to like the uni assessments people the proper official people that decide about like penalties and late penalties by the way i should have told you this earlier if it's late by anything more than a second you get five marks taken off per day so i would have lost five marks just in those five seconds and i he forwarded the email be like you know i hope they can sort this out for you i got an email back from this assessments team at uni possibly one of the the best and worst emails i've ever got in my life at the same time it says hi alec i'm taking pity on you and have put a note on the work saying no late penalty Please, please, please don't risk this again. We won't be able to let it slide a second time. The unit's policy is to go by the turn it in time. So if turn it in says it's late, then it's late. However, in capital letters, this once, it does seem cruel to penalise you for a matter of seconds. Please consider yourself very lucky. So I just about got off, but learnt my lesson that I'd cut it way, 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 way too fine. So can you tell me, please, when have you cut something really, really fine? Did you get away with it? Did you not? We can do this with lateness. We can do this with pushing boundaries with people. They'll be like, don't even think about doing this. And you'll you'll just come close to doing it. I don't know. Up to interpretation. When have you cut something really close to the wire? And did you get away with it like I did just about? I, I didn't really cut it fine. I just went straight through. But it's fine. I did get away with it just about. 07807 183538 is my text number. Tweet me at WizRadio. Email me station at wizardradio.co.uk with tales of when, like me, you've maybe left things a little too late, cut it a little too fine, and how it's gone. I'm going to play Roddy Rich in a second. 
First, though, I've done some research into Roddy Rich. I've spent a lot of time on this, just like my essay. And so I've put together a 60-second guide. That's 12 times the number of seconds I was late for my assignment to Roddy Rich. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up 60-second guide. Roddy Rich is the Welsh cousin of comic book character Richie Rich. Whilst Richie was known for his waistcoat and extreme wealth, Roddy Rich is a miner's son from Blenarvon. His formative experiences as a child were his dad struggling to adapt to life after the coal mines were closed down. A big contrast to Richie Rich's life of material comfort and abundance. Roddy Rich struggled in his hometown. Opportunities were rare and he left school at 16 with no qualifications. After a spell as a plasterer's apprentice, Roddy took the next step and with no money and nowhere to go, moved to the big city, Cardiff. He'd heard that in Cardiff the streets were paved with gold. This was sadly not the case that they'd all been nicked. But nonetheless, Roddy enrolled in music college, and the rest is history. After obtaining a music diploma, he got a job at music TV channel, The Box. And this song is his way of expressing his gratitude to them for taking a chance on him. And that's Roddy Rich in 60 Seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Saturdays, 3 till 5. Haley Steinfeld, Wrong Direction on Wizard Radio, Saturday afternoon with Alec Feldman. Roddy Rich and the box before that. Before five o'clock, playing Camila Cabello, Ella Air. We'll do someone's knocking at your door and see if anyone got the, the stupidest one we've done yet this week. Now though, I mentioned before how I Well, I submitted an essay five seconds late. Five seconds! Because I left it too fine and then got totally screwed over by the internet browser I was using. And uh, you have messages in actually with similar stories of cutting things much, much, much too fine. Well, we'll learn one day, I hope. Maya says, My cousins live in Manchester. Me and my family live in London, which means that every time it's their birthday, we have to put our cards and presents in the post for them to get it in time. November was my cousin's birthday. Completely forgot to get him a card. I was caught up in my mocks. So I went into the shop, filled it out, bought a stamp, and realised I had to send the card that day. If it was going to get to him on his birthday. I walked out of the shop, literally saw the, the postman collecting the post from the post box at the bottom of the road. I had to sprint to catch up with him. Thankfully, he took it from me. So I got there on time. I literally saw my whole life flash before my eyes in that moment. I respect the fact that you chased the postman and handed your letter to him by hand there. But also, is it the end of the world if you send your cousins a birthday card slightly late? Like, you could just say, oh, I put a first-class stamp on, but it got delayed. Oh, I don't know what's going on. Oh, the Royal Mail. Aren't they terrible? You could have lied your way out of it. Or you could have just gone, yeah, really sorry. Um, I didn't post it on time. Hope you don't mind. I don't... Yeah, I don't see why it's such a life-threatening moment, that, to be honest. I'm sure, you know, it felt like it. I don't want to undermine your lived experience. But, you know, to me, I'm kind of like, eh, okay, it's fine. It could be late, but maybe I'm just... A to be fair, I'm a terrible person when it comes to birthday cards and remembering birthdays and getting presents on time. So, you know what? Don't listen to me. Ignore me. Take my advice about nothing to do with that. Justin says, I hate to admit it, Alec. I'm one of those people who run for the train when I see the train doors closing. I know that if I can make it... I know that I can make it if I run fast enough, even though usually the staff on the train platform end up shouting at me for it. One time, doors were literally closing as I got on the platform, but they closed on my leg. So, my leg... Not my foot, or my shoe, my whole leg, 
was and then he said sticking out of the plane i think he means train at this point but i hope it was just train the doors opened again so i could get in properly but it was so close for a minute there i thought we might leave with my leg hanging out genuinely this does stress me out a little bit it's something i have thought about before what happens if like a limb gets caught in a train door if you're inside the train number one what would happen if you've got like a hand sticking out would the train stop would anyone notice or would you end up the train would end up moving and you'd get amputated along the way or what if it was the other way around and you had like i don't know a scarf or a shoelace and you were getting off the train but that got caught and then the train started moving would you get dragged along the platform how strong is the scarf what would happen like the physics of it kind of fascinate me would you get dragged along or would it just break i don't know but anyway yeah you don't want your leg taken off by a train also at this point i would like to ask was this the london underground or you know some other kind of rapid like subway network or was this just a normal train because if it's a normal train that you, you know you've booked onto a specific train at a specific time fair enough run for your life justin if it's the tube like come on leave it out there'll be another one in two minutes it's fine chill but th that yeah that does not sound particularly comfortable getting a leg trapped in the train door but at least it didn't get amputated and i think that's what really matters at the end of that story oh wow this is this is lengthy from michael let's let's get into michael's message i went on a date with this girl once it was the first date i'd ever been on not that i've been on loads now or anything impressive we all respect you greatly michael i didn't really know what i was meant to do we just went to a costa coffee so it was quite chill it was going really well we were chatting and then as we left i thought you know it had gone well maybe we'd kiss i was really feeling it i thought she was really feeling it so i started to hint at it by putting lip salve on my lips she turns to me and goes what on earth are you doing and i thinking i was playing it cool said oh i just have chapped lips anyway turns out i missed the first rule of going on a date making sure they knew it was a date she just thought we were going for coffee as friends wow that was so close imagine if i'd lent it in oh man michael i'm sorry um, i'm sorry to hear that but also you know what i'm gonna say she's not worth it if she gets extremely well maybe that was just my interpretation if she gets very angry and exercised by you putting lip salve on then she's probably not the one am, am i missing something is putting lip salve on like a secret code you put you know you get your lip salve on you're like start putting it on your lips you're like oh, just uh just putting some lip salve on is that a secret code that means i'm going to kiss you and she understood that code and she was like why are you giving me this code this is wrong because as far as i'm aware that's not a code I have quite chapped lips. I genuinely do put lip salve on on a regular basis. Am I giving people the wrong idea here? What's going on? I don't know. But that that's a close call. I'm glad that you were you were just about spared the indignity, Michael. Although, you know, you put your lip salve on, she knew. She knew what you wanted. Yeah, that's, that's made me laugh. The lip salve thing's really got me. I don't know what the deal is with that, but sure. Why the hell not? Are you ready to find out who is knocking at the door? I think we'll do that next after Ella Air knew me at Wizard Radio. Someone's knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing the bell. 
Hello Air, new me on Wizard Radio, it's Alec Felton here, and we're getting back into someone's knocking at your door. We've just about got time to find out who was knocking at the door before before um, I have to go. Miles McCall's here at five. So, the clues on someone's knocking at your door this week. They're a man. They're not famous. They're a character on a TV series. But the character wasn't famous, and the extra special bonus clue was that they died in the only episode they were ever in. So, in other words, it's ridiculous and no one's ever going to know who they are. And um, has that come to pass? Well, let's let's have a look. I've just, I have seen a lot of very good, ridiculously specific guesses, which I'm so here for, including this one from Megan. Actually, no, this is, this is the less specific one. I've got a very specific one from Yosef coming up. Megan is first. I think you threw a red herring in the clues this week, Alec. I, I really didn't. I'm not that complicated or intelligent. I really would not throw in a red herring. But people always suggest that I might have done. Is Postman Pat knocking at the door, Megan says. He's a man, a character from a TV show. He's not famous in the show. He's just a little local celebrity. And his fame has definitely gone down in real years, uh, in recent years. My younger brother doesn't even know who he is. I also have a theory. Every episode of Postman Pat is just a dream um, because he never wakes up in the morning. Therefore, he's actually dead or in a coma. Thoughts? Yes, I, I do have thoughts. None of them really about Postman Pat being in a coma. Why do you have to ruin Postman Pat by making it really dark? I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> not dead or in a coma. Just because you don't see him wake up on screen. You don't see lots of stuff. You don't see Postman Pat going to the toilet, do you? Doesn't mean he never pees. Although, that's a question. Does Postman Pat have genitalia? Sadly, a question that we'll have to go back to another week, but a question nonetheless. It's not Postman Pat. I am appalled that your younger brother doesn't know who Postman Pat is. I suppose, yeah, his fame has gone down recently, been replaced by Amazon Prime and drones and all that stuff. Postman Pat, not knocking at the door. This is the very specific message I was telling you about from Yosef. I have no idea who this person is, Alec. The clues are so specific, but I think I might know. Is the person an extra from the EastEnders episode when the pub burnt down? Specifically, a male extra whose name was unknown to the rest of the characters think about it and it actually makes a lot of sense along with your clues it does make a lot of sense a hell of a lot of sense he's so not famous don't even know what his name is but uh, no i don't know who this character is unfortunately you are incorrect it is not the man who got burnt down Wait, was he burnt down or was he just an extra in the episode when the pub burnt down? i hope he's fine but no it's not that and the last one i have time for comes from Benny, Benny's second message of the show. This might be really self-obsessive me, Alec, but is Benny from the Doctor Who episode you mentioned earlier knocking at your door? As far as I understand, he was a man not famous from a TV show who was in one episode and then died. I didn't watch the episode though. I haven't watched Doctor Who since Matt Smith left. Well, yes, you see, I planted the seed in your mind earlier by mentioning this character when Benny sent him a message. It is. Benny is right. The person knocking at the door this week is Benny from the Doctor Who episode last week when someone called Benny died and his wife in the show, all she said all episode was, Benny! My Benny! Where's Benny? But anyway, that's who was knocking at the door. Well done to Benny for guessing it was Benny. Congratulations, you're basically the only person who got it right because it's the same name as you. Good. I'll I'll try and do a more normal one next week. When I'm back at 3 o'clock, 3 till 5, I'm on weekly mixtape on friday at three as well if you like 2010 throwbacks 
we do all of those on a Friday. Podcast, Alec Feldman, the podcast. Get it from all the usual places. I'll see you next week. Mars is on next on Wizard Radio after Camila Cabello and my oh my. There goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun. 